All right, so we're in Romans chapter 9. And in uh, Romans chapter 9, chapter 10, chapter 11, Paul the Apostle, a Jew, explains the position that he has concerning Israel. And he even goes as far as to say that he is of Israel and he he's, uh, cares about his people, meaning his physical flesh people, his kinsmen, Israelites. And he's actually saddened by the fact that they uh, ha- have uh, rejected Jesus Christ. He's saddened that the uh, Jews, that they have not received Christ. And he's explaining in these three chapters uh, the relationship that the Jews have, how, how the Jews or the Israelites are Im- important, and his heart is that they might be saved. His, his heart is not, they're already saved, they'll automatically be saved, they uh, are uh, God's chosen people. That, that is not his heart. His heart is that they might be saved because Christ is the only way for someone to be saved. And at the end of this chapter, I really like it how it says in verse number 32, Wherefore, because they sought it not by faith, but as it were by the works of the law, for they stumbled at that stumbling stone, as it is written, Behold, I lay in Zion a stumbling stone and rock of offense, and whosoever believeth on him shall not be ashamed. And we see in those two uh, verses there that this stumbling stone is it's something that they're tripping over. They're, they're having trouble with this uh, proverbial stumbling stone. And we also see that that stumbling stone is Christ, the uh, rock of offense to these people, to the Jews. And the Bible goes on to even say that whosoever believeth on him. So it's not, not a, a, an actual rock like a you know, stone out in the dirt somewhere. No, it's a figurative or a symbolic uh, uh, representation of Christ being our rock, Christ being the rock of salvation all throughout the whole world. And it, here it highlights the fact that he's not, he, the rock, Jesus Christ, is a, a, an offense unto his uh, brethren being the Jews. And so uh, Paul goes on to say that those that are saved in, in context here in these three chapters, we're not going to go through all three chapters, okay? But I do encourage you on this topic to read Romans 9, 10, and 11 because Paul the Apostle, he lays it out really clear of how important the Jews are, who they are, who he is, and who Christ is, okay? And uh, Christ is the end of the law. Uh, according for, for righteousness, uh, that, and that is in uh, Romans 10, by the way. Now, look at verse number 1. Verse number 1, Paul says here, he says, I say the truth in Christ, I lie not, my conscience also bearing me witness in the Holy Ghost that I have great heaviness and continual sorrow in my heart. For I could wish that myself were accursed from Christ for my brethren, my kinsmen, according to the flesh. Paul is saying here, he, he's saying, you know, I, I want them to be saved, but if, if only, you know, they could be saved by, you know, me being accursed. Like his heart is for the Jews to be saved. He he's, has continual sorrow, great heaviness, and, you know, all Christians should have this heaviness 
have this sorrow when it comes to unsaved people, whether they be Jew or Greek, whether they be, uh, uh, you know, Israelites or, you know, Palestinian. Okay, I don't want to get ahead of myself. The Bible says here. Who are Israelites. To whom pertaineth the adoption and the glory and the covenants and the giving of of the law and uh, uh, the service of God and the promises whose are the fathers and of whom as concerning the flesh Christ came who is over all God blessed forever amen I, I like how he's, he explains this because he's he's not saying that the the Israelites or the Jews are unimportant he, he's saying that the the oracles of God came through them even Christ the Lord came through through them their, their lineage physically speaking and he, he's he's not you know shunning them or pushing them off he's he's not uh, um, uh, insulting them he's just explaining what what, what the the situation here is there, there's no need for any Christian to be you know, all up in arms about their, their relationship with Israel or how they feel about Israel. Let's just read the Bible. We, let's read the words that, that were preserved for us. Paul the Apostle, a Jew, he actually explains this very clearly, and let's just look at that. Look at what it says. The title of my message this evening is, They Are Not All Israel. They Are Not All Israel. Now, Paul, a Jew, he is in agony. In, in this chapter, he's in agony. As a matter of fact, throughout all three chapters, the, the tone, the, the, the voice that he's expressing is an agonizing voice. Like he, he, He's like, oh man, if only, if only the Jews, if only they realized the, 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 uh, the significance that they have in Christ Jesus, if only they knew. And he, he wants them to be saved. Um, uh, chapter, chapter 10, verse 1 says, uh, Brethren, my heart's desire and prayer to God for, for Israel is that they might be saved. Amen. Amen. I mean, I, I, I believe the same thing. I feel the same way. And I, I would say that most, I think all Christians should feel that way, that they, would, that they might be saved. And every single unsaved person that we meet, I pray that they would be saved, especially when you give them the gospel. Look at verse number six, because so, so the, the thing here is that there, there are people that want to say that they're saved because of their bloodline or they're automatically saved because of skin color, uh, history. But Paul just lays it right out there. It's like, look, it's great that Christ came from that lineage, like Christ uh, uh, according to the flesh, was a Jew, was Jewish. Okay, that's great. Okay, but just because Christ uh, is Jewish or has Jewish blood in him does not mean that all Jews are just automatically saved. Okay, Jesus Christ is the only way to salvation, and anybody who rejects Christ, they reject salvation. In uh, verse number six in Romans chapter nine, it says here, "Not as though the word of God hath taken none effect." For they are not all Israel, which are of Israel. Now, this is not a this is not a, a difficult passage here. This is not. Um, uh, it doesn't take a lot of uh, examination to figure out what's going on here. But basically, he's saying not all Israelites are children of the promise. They, they, there's a, a difference between children of the promise and children of the flesh. And we're clearly talking about the promise here, a spiritual Israel, because, I mean, I could be descended from Abraham. 
But it doesn't matter. My faith is not in Abraham. My faith is not in the, the lineage of, of, of uh, uh, you know, where his family came from. My faith is in Christ. And that's where everyone's faith needs to be in, uh, and not in a particular bloodline or a particular uh, 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 lineage. And that's what Paul is saying here himself. He says in, in verse number seven, neither because they are the seed of Abraham are they all children, but in Isaac shall thy seed be called. That is, they which are the children of the flesh, these are not the children of God. They which, I'm going to read it again, okay? It says, that is, they which are the children of the flesh, these are not the children of God. There are Baptists, yea, other Christians that say that, oh, the Jews, they are automatically God's people. Why? Because of their flesh, their lineage. Well, the Bible says here that they which are the children of the flesh that can trace their lineage back to Abraham, which nobody can, by the way. Those that are children of the flesh, these are not the children of God, but the children of promise are counted for the seed. So the question is, well, what is the seed? Because this clearly tells us those that are, are, are naturally descended or kinsmen of including Paul the Apostle, okay, the, all these people that are kinsmen of, the, of Abraham all the way down, they are not the children of God, but the children of God are those that are counted uh, for the seed. Now go ahead and turn to John chapter 8. John chapter 8. This seed is referring to the fact that Abraham, he, his, his wife Sarah gave him her handmaid, Hagar, uh, to, to produce children with Hagar. Okay, Hagar was an Egyptian, and he produced uh, Ishmael, a, a, a son, but that son was not the child of the promise because God promised him that he would give him a son that is of the promise. It will be Isaac through, his, his, uh, through Sarah, Abraham, but Abraham kind of pushed, uh, I'm sorry, Sarah pushed Abraham a little bit, and Abraham, he, he married a Hagar and had Ishmael, but Ishmael was not, the, the son of the promise, okay? He is considered the son of the flesh. Now, uh, it's, he's, a, he's a child of Abraham, okay? The, Ishmael, all the, all the descendants from Ishmael, they are all descendants of Abraham. Okay, great, okay? Jesus Christ is still the seed. He, there's, there's one seed that came from Abraham, and that is Jesus Christ, okay? Now, um, th this uh, promise uh, has to do with the fact that there's a spiritual Israel that came through the promise, which was physically Isaac and then Jacob. And we know Jacob's name was changed to Israel after he wrestled with God. Um, now, Zionists, okay, if you're familiar with that word Zionists, that's, that's not just an American term. That's an actual a global term referring to the people that wanted to rebuild the is, uh, state of Israel, okay? I, I, I didn't mean to say state of Israel, but we're going there, okay? State of Israel, the Zionists, there, there were a bunch of people that decided, you know what, Israel needs to have a state. They need to have that, that land, the holy land, the promised land. But, I mean, anybody who's been following along when we've going, going through Joshua knows why that that land is always going to have uh, non-Jews in it, okay, or non-Israelis in it. And the reason is because... God told them when they went into Canaan that they were supposed to wipe out everybody that was there. 
That's what God told them to do. They disobeyed, and God said, if you don't do it, if you make a league with these people, you join a confederacy with these people, they're always going to be a snare unto you. You know, fast forward, you know, 4,000, uh, 3,000 years, here we are today, and there's fighting over overseas. I remember when I was a kid, when I, was a kid um, I don't know, maybe over, over two decades ago, three decades ago, people were always talking about, what do, you, what do you want to see? What do you want for Christmas? Oh, peace in the Middle East. You know, peace in the Middle East. That was like the thing. There's just a, a phrase that people say, peace in the Middle East. That, that was over 30 years ago. I mean, it's like, did you guys ever read the Bible? I mean, this has been going on, peace in the Middle East. I mean, people have been wanting that for thousands of years because of a mistake that was made. We read about Joshua making league with these people and the people of the land, the people of Canaan. They were supposed to take it over, and that was the land that God gave them, okay? Uh, I have no problem saying that. I don't feel bad about it at all. The problem is that what I say this morning, you know, for all have sinned to come short of the glory of God. Well, sometimes we get punished for the the sins that we we commit. Right. They made a mistake. And now, uh, well, over over thousands of years, uh, they have experienced the repercussions of that mistake. Okay. Now, for anyone to say that the Jews are automatically going to be saved or the Jews because of their bloodline or because they, you know, or even even um, um, Christian churches will say, oh, as long as you support, support the Jews, you're good. You're fine. It's like, well, hold on a second. That sounds a lot like Calvinism and Calvinism is wicked because one of the tenets of Calvinism, it says that, well, God is the one who basically picks and choose who's going to be saved. Right. And. You know, they, uh, so the Jews, they have, they have this uh, thing called um, Aliyah, which is basically the, the going up to the land. Uh, without having to go into a bunch of history, there was a, the, the, the Jews being scattered. That was called the diaspora. And for centuries, the Jews have been trying to get back into uh, the, the land of Israel, the state of Israel. Well, the, the, what they call that is Aliyah and what they do is they check your genealogy. There's these forms you got to fill out because there are Jews all scattered all over the world that want to come back to Israel to be like, uh, I guess, re-Judaized or, you know, they want to become Israelites. Okay. They, they want to bring, be, bring, excuse me, be brought back. That's what they want. And so there's a process for that in the, the government in Israel for someone to do that. All you have to do is, uh, and, and they have rules, right? They, they have rules because if, you're, if your last name is Cohen, well, more than likely, well, you can actually, it's a, a, a quicker process for you because if your name is Cohen, well, you're probably a, a son of a priest. It goes back to three generations and they check all of this stuff. They're checking genealogies. So according to them, they can trace back people's genealogies, you know, and well, that's already a, a, a lie. But they, it sounds a lot like Calvinism when it comes to, well, who is a Jew who can come back and be a Jew? That's, that's Antichrist. That, that's against God, okay? Uh, that's against Jesus Christ. Uh, I had you turn to John chapter 8, and it says here uh, about the children of Abraham. Look at verse number 39. It says, they answered and said unto him, Abraham is our father. This is the Pharisees talking. Jesus said unto them, if ye were Abraham's children... You would do the works of Abraham. 
So Jesus just cuts right through it because they, they keeping track of their false genealogy or whatever. Like, wait, no, Abraham's our dad. We, we, we know our lineage all the way back. And Jesus is like, hey, look, he, he, he's not going against Abraham. He, he knows Abraham's saved by faith. He knows that Abraham's saved by faith in God. And he's like, hey, look, if you were children of Abraham, he, wasn't, he, he didn't say, uh, uh, you know, oh, no, Abraham, no, no, no. No, he said, no, if you were children of Abraham, you do what Abraham said. You do the works of Abraham. See, Abraham was just a regular guy, all right? Abraham, his family, the family of Terah, they were idolatrous family. They were Syrian. He was just a regular guy, okay? Uh, God could have picked anybody, but God chose Abraham. And, and the reason that God chose Abraham is because he knew that Abraham would teach his family what God was telling him. It was it was about Abraham's character. God didn't that God didn't you know put that into Abraham. He said, "Get over here." You know, you're gonna obey. no. It wasn't anything like that. God he chose Abraham because he knew that Abraham, and Abraham wasn't saved. Abraham believed God, and it was counted unto him for righteousness. So Abraham he wasn't saved. Syrian idolatrous family, and all of a sudden he found grace in the uh, in God. And God is telling, look, I'm going to use you, people who bless you, uh, or I will bless, people who curse you, I will curse. He, I mean, Genesis chapter 12. Uh, are we going to go there? <clears throat> Not yet. Genesis chapter 12. Okay. Um, now go ahead and turn to Romans chapter 4. Romans chapter 4. I'll just read for you Joshua 24, 2. The Bible says, And Joshua said unto all the people, Thus saith the Lord God of Israel, Your fathers dwelt on the other side of the flood in old time, even Terah, the father of Abraham, and the father of Nahor, and they served other gods. So the Bible tells us where Abraham came from. But again, Abraham was just a regular guy. He was just another guy, okay? I mean, before you got saved, you know, you were just another woman. You were just another man. You got saved. You believed on Jesus Christ. Done, Okay. And, and that's great. That, that's, a, that's a great thing. That, that's not something to idolize you about. That's, not something to, that's something where you could praise God for that. I had to turn to Romans chapter 4. Uh, it says in verse number 1, What shall we say then that Abraham our father, as pertaining to the flesh, hath found? For if Abraham were justified by works, he hath whereof to glory, but not before God. For what saith the scripture? Abraham believed God, and it was counted unto him for righteousness. Now flip over to Genesis chapter 12. Abraham's faith is what made him righteous before God. It, it wasn't his lineage. It wasn't where he came from because we saw where he came from. They worship other gods. They worship idols. He was a Syrian. I mean, when it comes to being Jewish, I mean, or, or from Hebrew or speaking Hebrew, look, you don't have to learn Hebrew to be saved. You know, you don't, Hebrew is another language, all right? Hebrew is another language. Uh, it, it, and it probably wasn't the language that Abraham spoke, by the way, okay? And I had to turn to Genesis chapter 12. Let's look at this uh, uh, promise here. Now, Genesis chapter 12, that's where Abraham, he actually got saved, okay? Uh, look at verse number 8. It says, Now the Lord had said unto Abram, Get thee out of thy country, and from thy kindred, and from thy father's house, unto a land that I will show thee, and I will make of thee a great nation. And I will bless thee, and make thy name great, and thou shalt be a blessing. And I will bless them that bless thee, and curse him that curseth thee, and in thee shall all families of the earth be blessed. Now, I want to pause right here because people will take this and say, see, 
you have to support the Jews, or you have to you know, uh, uh, have a, a Jewish flag or Israeli flag in, in your church. This doesn't say anything like that. Now, people say, well, I want to catch a blessing. I, 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 want, to, I want to be blessed by God. Shouldn't, shouldn't I you know, bless the Jews? This, that does not say that. Here it says, I will bless them that bless thee, talking about Abraham, and curse him that curseth thee, talking about Abraham, and in thee shall all families of the earth be blessed. How are all families of the whole world blessed through Abraham? Jesus Christ. And where did Jesus Christ come from? From the line of Abraham, a descendant of Abraham. It's not saying, hey, make sure that you're, you know, supporting the Jews or supporting the Israelites because they came from Abraham. Hold on a second. In thy seed shall you be called, right? They're talking about Jesus Christ, the seed of uh, uh, Abraham. The promise is Jesus Christ, okay? Flip to verse number seven, or look at verse number seven in Genesis chapter 12. It says in verse number seven, and the Lord appeared unto Abram and said unto the unto thy seed will I give this land. And uh, there builded he an altar unto the Lord who appeared unto him and he removed and thence unto a mountain on the east of Bethel and pitched his tent, having Bethel on the west and Hai on the east. And there he builded an altar unto the Lord and called upon the name of the Lord. Genesis 12, 8. Uh, uh, Abraham, he gets saved. He believes on Jesus Christ. He believes on God and his faith is counted for righteousness. And that's it done. That, that, that is the, the, the importance, the significance of Abraham. Now, God also knew that Abraham, he's going to teach his children. I mean, Isaac is coming next. Isaac, the son of promise, not Ishmael. Okay. Sure. Sure. Ishmael, you know, he had a, a great family, lots of children, but he was not considered the uh, son of the promise. The son of the promise was Isaac, and then it passed on to Jacob, all the way on down to Jesus. So he didn't get saved because of a certain nationality. He was a regular guy. He called the name of the Lord. By the way, salvation has been the same all, throughout all time. It, it, it never changed. It's always by faith, by God's grace through faith. <clears throat> Now go ahead and turn to Galatians chapter 2. Galatians chapter 2, verse 16. Now the, the, uh, the Bible says here, knowing that a man is not justified by the works of the law, but by the faith of Jesus Christ. Even we have believed in Jesus Christ that we might be justified by the faith of Christ and not by the works of the law. For by the works of the law shall no, shall no flesh be justified. Now, uh, in Israel today, I, I, I mentioned Aliyah, that they have a, a law concerning bringing Jews back into uh, the fold, or, uh, fold, being back into Israel. And they are going about trying to make their own righteousness. So, you know, oh, well, you, you are Jew because of your aunt or your uncle, your, you know, you um, Three generations down, oh, yeah, that's great. Fill out the form, yeah, submit this paperwork, yeah, you're good. But we don't, we don't know. I mean, we're, we're all mixed up, okay? When I say all mixed up, we, we, all, we can't trace our, gene, our genealogies back to Abraham. It's, it's not possible. There's no way to do that. Um, but, but Zionists, they are all about the flesh. How can we show how great we are? How can we show how we're holy? How can we show that we actually belong to God? 
but it, it's not about the flesh. I, I mean, we, we know from the Bible there are two main groups when it comes to uh, the flesh and the spirit. Uh, we, we know that there are the Jews and then there are the Gentiles. But the Bible is talking about making them one in Christ. Why, how, how are Jews and Gentiles one in Christ? Through faith in Jesus Christ. I, I mean, so, so thereby, you know, Jew, Jewishness is, is uh, erased. <laughs> Jewishness will be erased in Jesus Christ. Because we are all, we, they that say that they are Israel, they, they are not all Israel. Those that are saved, those that are believers, have faith in Jesus Christ, are Israel. That, that, that is, is what the Bible teaches. Now flip over to Genesis chapter 16. Genesis chapter 16. Abraham became a great nation through uh, um, uh, Isaac and then, and then through uh, Jacob. That was a part of the promise, okay? Now, I want to read about this in Genesis 16. Look at verse number one. It says, Now Sarai, Abraham, Abram's wife, bare him no children, and she had in handmaid an Egyptian whose name was Hagar. And Sarai said unto Abram, Behold, now the Lord hath re- restrained me from bearing. I pray thee, go in unto my maid. It, it may be that I may obtain children by her. And Abram hearkened to the voice of Sarai, and Sarai, Abraham, Abram's wife, took Hagar, her maid, the Egyptian, after Abram, and dwelt ten years in the land of Canaan, and gave her to her husband, Abram, to be his wife. So Abraham, I mentioned this before, Abraham married Hagar. And he went in unto Hagar, and she conceived. And when she saw that she had conceived, her mistress, talking about Sarai, uh, despised her, was despised in her eyes. And Sarai said unto Abram, My wrong be upon thee, upon thee. I have given my maid into thy bosom, and when she saw that she had conceived, I was despised in her eyes. The Lord judged between me and thee. So we see that in the flesh, Abraham, he had a lot of children. He, a lot of his children uh, were through Hagar, but all those children were not the children of the promise. Okay, The promise was coming through um, Isaac, who hadn't been born yet, hadn't been conceived yet. Flip over to Genesis chapter 21. Genesis chapter 21. We see here, this is uh, Isaac. You know, when Isaac comes on the scene, look at verse number one. It says, And the Lord visited Sarah as he had said, and the Lord did unto Sarah as he had spoken. For Sarah conceived and bare Abraham a son in his old age at the set time of which God had spoken to him. And Abraham called the name of his son that was born unto him, whom Sarah bare to him, Isaac. Uh, uh, drop down to verse number nine. It says, And Sarah saw the son of Hagar, that's Ishmael, the Egyptian, which she had borne unto Abraham, mocking. Wherefore she said unto Abraham, Cast out this bondwoman and her son, for the son of this bondwoman shall not be heir with my son, even with Isaac. And the uh, thing was very grievous in Abraham's sight because of his son. And God said unto Abraham, Let it not be grievous in thy sight because of the lad and because of thy bondwoman and all that Sarah hath said unto thee. Hearken unto her voice, for in Isaac shall thy seed be called. And also the son of the bondwoman will I make a nation because he is thy seed. So you see here, Ishmael is not cursed. 
Ishmael was not, uh, you know, uh, um, uh, downtrodden or, or, or cast out by God. God's like, no, I'm going to bless Ishmael too, because you are going to teach your children to trust me. That, that This is God talking to Abraham. It, just because Ishmael, you know, was uh, not born of the promise doesn't mean that he wasn't going to be blessed. Right. He, he wasn't he was going to be blessed as well He's going to become a great nation as well. Uh, but but uh, God is saying there is a promised seed. I told you, Isaac, if you trust me, I told you, Isaac is going to be where the seed comes from. And that is in Isaac. Now, I kind of want to switch switch gears a little bit here because I wanted to lay out there who Abraham is. A lot a lot of people look up to Abraham. Um, I don't know if anybody remembers that song. Um, Father Abraham had many sons. That's a song that people, uh, that I remember we sang that when I was a kid. Um, you know, right arm, left arm, right foot. Anyway, Abraham's a great, you know, a great man, but again, he was another guy, an, another guy that put his faith in God. He trusted God uh, with his uh, um, uh, salvation. Now, there's some Christians today that are exercising a, a certain kind of idolatry. Uh, it, you know, on the state of Israel. And it's, it's unfortunate that that is the case, okay, because we, we, we look, we, we, we see here from the Bible, uh, you know, Israel, we want Israel to be saved. We want, we want everyone in the state of Israel to be saved, to, to belong to, unto God. The problem is, is that there's heaviness because they don't all belong to God. They that are of Israel are not all Israel, all right? So that's a that's a sadness there. But at the same time, we're not going to be like, yeah, well, if they, they get a free pass because they're Israel. No, no, they don't. They, I mean, they're on the same playing field. Every, each individual soul is on the same playing field with each individual soul. For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Jesus Christ died for the sins of the whole world, every single body, every single person, every single soul, whether Jew or Greek. Okay. Now, the idolatry that we see today towards the state of Israel is not uncommon, okay? Uh, go ahead and turn to 2 Kings chapter uh, eight, uh, 18. We know that King Solomon was an idolater. You know, he had uh, 700 wives, 300 concubines. He married the, the uh, daughter of Pharaoh. He, he built all these idols. He built the groves. You know, he loved strange women, the Bible tells us. I mean, he was an idolater, but very wise, saved man, okay? Idolatry. It, I mean, Christians can fall into idolatry, all right? That, that, is, that is something that happens. Now, all the way up to Hezekiah, let's, let's read um, 2 Kings chapter 18. Look at verse number 4. It says, He removed the high places and break the images and cut down the groves and break in pieces the brazen serpent that Moses had made, for unto those days the children of Israel did burn incense to it, and he called it Nehushtan. Now, does anybody remember the fiery serpents? The, the fiery serpents back in Genesis, Moses was commanded, I mean, uh, Moses was commanded to, to uh, construct a uh, serpent on a pole, a brazen serpent on a pole, and that anyone that looked to the serpent on that pole, they would be healed. And it's a picture of, you ever heard that song, look and live, my brother, live. I might have messed up the words. 
Yes, yes, yeah. Well, that, that's what it's referring to because in order to be saved, it's just by faith in Jesus. And Jesus is represented by that uh, serpent on a pole, okay? The brazen serpent on a pole way back in Moses' day. Here we are up in uh, Hezekiah's day. You know, hundreds of years, I mean, centuries later, they gave it a name, Nehushtan. They're worshiping this thing, and Hezekiah had to destroy it. Now, the first question I have is like, like, what about all the kings that came before Hezekiah? They, I mean, were people just like going in the back alley, you know, like worshiping this thing, like bowing to all oh, the, you know, Nehushtan, whatever, blah, blah, blah. What in the world? It, it, it's I, I, idolatry. That's, it was blatant idolatry. And the only reason that uh, God had it made was to show them that it's, uh, salvation is just by faith. That's it. You look at the, they uh, look at the uh, brazen serpent on the pole, and they will be healed from the bites of the fiery serpents. That that is uh, what that uh, that um, serpent on the pole meant, and that was all that it meant. That was it. And but throughout the years, they idolized it because there was some like ooh, some you know some super secret spiritual you know thing about Nehushtan. Oh, they gave it a name. I don't even know what Nehushtan means. They, they gave it a name, and they're, they're worshiping this thing. And Hezekiah's like, no, 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 this is idolatry. It took centuries for someone to say, no, no, this thing is idolatry. Why are you guys stuck in this? But you know what? Christians are doing that today with the state of Israel. Oh, Israel. Ooh. Oh, God's chosen people. There's like this uh, uh, mysticism. There's like this mystery going on about how great Israel is. Look, I, I think Israel's great, too just like all the other countries that are out there, okay? All the other states, okay? Because the, the, the state of Palestine, which is between Gaza and the, the uh, West Bank, okay? I mean, that's another state too. I mean, there's a whole bunch of states. I mean, we just had um, uh, Russia, no, it wasn't Russia, it was Ukraine. We just had Ukraine and all of a sudden, I mean, most people didn't even know what Ukraine was. I can't even say it. But what do you see? People wearing the Ukraine flag, just walking around with the Ukraine flag on, gold and blue everywhere. Oh, Ukraine, oh, it's so great. Okay, we have to support Ukraine. I mean, wh why are you supporting Ukraine? I mean, are, 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 what does that mean to you? Does that, does that mean that, oh, those people are praying for them so that they might get saved? Is that what that means? Or does that mean, no, I just want to virtue signal and show that I support this great mystical you know, country, Ukraine, out there? It, it, it's idolatry is what it is, okay? And we, we got to be careful because people will, will uh, there's all kinds of things to, that we can make idols, okay? Uh, in the context of this message, the state of Israel is one of, this one of many, all right? Now flip over to Luke chapter 1. Luke chapter 1, Christians all over the world, they will idolize something, okay? And they'll use the Bible to justify it. Uh, which is bad because we are not even to make idols. Okay, we're 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 not we're uh, you know any idols that you have, you you need to burn those things, get rid of them. Just like Hezekiah, he burned that Nehushtan. It's like Nehushtan, what in the world? Why do we still have this thing around here? He burned and got rid of that thing. I, I mean, he he could go back and say, oh yeah, this is the thing that Moses had shown, you know, so that people understand that salvation is by faith. Okay. Destroy that thing. I mean, we don't need to bow down to this, this idol to be saved, okay? But today, there is uh, wicked idolatry going on, and we got to be careful of it. 
People use the Bible for it. Look at verse number 28 in Luke chapter 1. You may be familiar with this. And the angel came in unto her and said, Hail, thou that art highly favored. Who's he talking about? He's talking to Mary, the mother of Jesus. The Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. And when she saw him, she was troubled at his saying and cast in her mind what manner of salutation this should be. And the angel said unto her, Fear not, Mary. For thou hast found favor with God. Now, you know what? The Catholic Church will take this and they'll idolize Mary. They look at this and say, oh, Mary, oh, highly favored, blessed among women. Oh, she's so great. I mean, she's a woman. So here's here's the thing. A great thing about Mary is that she carried the Lord Jesus Christ for nine months. That, that's great. A- amen. I, I mean, praise God for that. That is awesome. That doesn't mean we need to build statues of her. That doesn't mean we need to parade a statue of her around singing weird songs. That doesn't mean people have to cry at the feet of the statue or kiss the statue. What in the world? It's like Nehushtan. And they'll use the Bible to say, no, but Mary, she's blessed of all women. Blessed among all women. Stop being idolatrous. I mean, God, God is... Uh, Constantly throughout the Bible, going against idolatry. That's idolatry. You know, uh, you know, thou shalt not make a graven image. I mean, the God said it. Don't make it to bow down to it. Don't worship it. I am the Lord your God. That's what God said. And so, anytime people, Christians, they, they, uh, in themselves, they want to be show that how how great or how spiritual they are, and they want to gravitate toward these idols, these statues. And the Catholic Church, I mean, they do it with uh, uh, Mary all the time. And they use this verse to, to do it. Oh, Mary, oh. I've seen Catholic churches called um, uh, you know, Mary, Queen of the Universe. Queen of the Universe? What in the world? That is the universe. I mean, so I've seen Star Trek, okay, and, and like the universe? What in the world? But this, this is, I mean, you, you laugh, but this is a serious thing, and people do it with all kinds of things, including the state of Israel. They inflate the importance of it. I mean, yeah, it's important. Look, every single woman that is, gets pregnant, she's blessed of God. I mean, the, the fruit of the womb is his reward. That's what the Bible says. That doesn't mean we need to start making statues of, of pregnant women everywhere. Oh, oh, the, the, oh, she's got a belly. Oh, you know, she's sweet. Oh, No. That's idolatry. That needs to be destroyed. Whatever that, that, that statue or whatever that, that, that location is, it needs to be destroyed. <clears throat> Highly favored, blessed among women. Yeah, the, Christ, the, the uh, Catholics, not Christian, Catholics will say this, and they'll point to this verse here. Now go ahead and turn to 1 Thessalonians chapter 2. 1 Thessalonians chapter 2. Now I want to uh, demonstrate something. <clears throat> Anybody know what that is? <laughs> Close. <laughs> so, so a Dallas, this is the Dallas Cowboys logo. Uh, when I when I was growing up, uh, this was uh, uh, our team. Okay, this is a football team. All right, Dallas Cowboys. Now, anybody who's like, "Woo, yeah, go Cowboys, yeah," I mean, anybody was saying was, well, you know, that's idolatry, man. 
What are you doing? That's crazy. The, the uh, Dallas Cowboys, I'll just take this out. The Dallas Cowboys, they had a, um, a rival. Anybody know what that, that is? Yeah, Washington Redskins. I'm glad you said Redskins because they changed the name to Commanders. That's stupid. Like, what in the world? But, and they changed the logo. <clears throat> now, when people see this from my side of the aisle, they're like, what? And they want to take this and be like, mmm. <laughs> you a Cowboys fan? <laughs> now, what if I do this? Hey, America, America, yeah. No difference. Woo, yay! Hey, idolatry. Idolatry, okay? It's the same thing. Dallas Cowboys, Washington Commanders, whatever, okay? Well, I mean, what if, what if I did this? People, people feeling bad, huh? What, do you, what, what, do you feel, what is that feeling that you feel? Oh, oh the Palestinians. Oh, there, there are people there walking around. Oh, yeah, Palestine. Yeah, woohoo. There are people doing that today in, in, in spite of the state of Israel, okay? Look. This is idolatry. It's idolatry. But the most respected one that people will see and they'll be in churches is this one right here. Now, what, what, what's the difference between this and all that? Nothing. Nothing. This, this is idolatry. Woo! It's idolatry. I mean, the, 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 the problem in the churches is that the, the, the state of Israel is a state. Now, people talk about, oh, 1948, you know, Six-Day War, all these things. I mean, okay, yeah, you can read about those. I, I mean, what? so, you know what I mean? Like, they, they won these wars. They, they, uh, they were gifted by the UN, you know, another wicked uh, organization in our world, the, 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 the land, okay? So where, where does Jesus Where's Jesus and all that? Where's Jesus play a part in that? There's there's two states that are going against each other, fighting over the Holy Land, and Christ is not in any of them. Both of the states are antichrist. And some people say, oh, no, but the, it's the, the Christians, the Jews, and the Muslims, the, the Palestinians are the Muslims, fighting over the Holy Land. Look, look, look. Christians are not fighting over the Holy Land. Oh, I mean, even Jesus Christ himself and Mark says, like, all if you're looking at this temple right here, all these blocks of the temple, they're going to be cast down. So from from Christ's perspective, the, the building of the beautiful temple was I mean, that wasn't a significant thing. What was Jesus referring to? Idolatry. He was referring to their idolatry. And the, the other horrible thing about this is that you got Christians that they feel compelled. They have to take a side. Oh. Oh, the, uh, the, the Palestinians, oh, they're wicked people. Oh, the Jews, oh, the Jews. Yes, God's chosen people. And, the, and, and they'll choose, they will pick the side of the Why are they picking sides? To me, it's the same thing. Jews or the Palestinians, it's the, it's the same. They're, they're both fighting each other. They're both trying to destroy each other, killing men, women, and children. They don't care about Jesus Christ. They're antichrist. Both of them are the same. Idolatry. No Christian should be like, woohoo, Palestinian, or woohoo, I'm losing my voice. The Jews. No Christian should be, be doing that. Amen. It's idolatry. 
it reminds me of uh, Black Lives Matter. Anybody ever heard of BLM? I, I, I just asked, okay? I, I, most people have heard of BLM. Black Lives Matter. Now, when I, when I heard, years ago, okay, when I, when I heard what that acronym actually meant, or excuse me, BLM means Black Lives Matter, the first, the first thing I thought was like, well, well, yeah, I mean, all lives matter. I mean, I mean, if you if you ever have preached the gospel to anybody, you would know that all lives matter. No idolatry is nothing but love. That's all it is, is love. But they want to get mad at you, though. The BLM crowd wants to be mad at the people that say, oh, well, all lives matter. Isn't that right? I mean, aren't you on the side of life? BLM, the L stands for lives. No, they get mad at you. Oh, that's racist. Actually, you put a B, you put a black in the front, in front of that, that's racist, all right? You, you, you showing everybody, well, uh, blacks are better than everybody else. That's what, they, that's what they're showing. When they say BLM and they say Black Lives Matter, that's, they're racist. But they want to be mad at anybody who's like, well, all lives matter, because that just makes sense. I mean, any, any, any Christian, okay, any God-fearing Christian with their head on straight and reading their Bible, they would say, well, yeah, all lives matter. Amen and amen. I mean, BLM, sure, them too, you know, all lives. <clears throat> Where did I have you turn? Oh, uh, 1 Thessalonians chapter 2. 1 Thessalonians chapter 2. Look at verse number 13. It says here, for this cause... Also, thank we God without ceasing, because when ye received the word of God, which ye heard of us, ye received it not as the word of men, but as it is in truth, the word of God, which effectually worketh also in you that believe. So the word of God works effectually in those that believe. Nothing about Jews there. Verse 14, for ye brethren, oh, brethren, okay, became followers of the churches of God, which in Judea, by the way, Judea used to be called Palestine. That whole area over there, the name of that whole area that's uh, uh, be- separated between Israel, Gaza, the West Bank, all of that was called Palestine. There's other verses uh, in the Bible. I-, I won't get through them tonight. Um, all of that was called Palestine. But it says here, uh, in Judea are in Christ. So all the, he's talking about the people in Judea, in this region on the, on the earth. What's more important in this sentence? What's more important than here? Well, that they are in Christ. For ye also have suffered like things of your own countrymen, even as they have the Jews. Wait, they suffered something of the Jews? Oh, let's read on. It says, who both killed the Lord Jesus and their own prophets, and have persecuted us, and they please not God, and are contrary to all men. I didn't make that up. That's been there for a long time. The, Jew, the Bible says the Jews killed Jesus. The Jews killed their own prophets. The, the, the Jews here, they, uh, they please not God. Now, what Christian is going to be like, oh, yeah, I want to be on that team right there. I want to be on the team of the Jews. You mean the ones that kill the Lord Jesus? The ones that kill their own prophets? The ones that, that uh, persecute us? Verse number 16. Oh, it also says contrary to all men, by the way. Um, it says forbidding us to speak 
to the Gentiles that they might be saved. I thought all lives mattered. I, I thought, I mean, all those Christians out there that are like, oh, yeah, well, the, the, the state of Israel, we're, we're for Israel. Well, I, I, the, apparently, in the Bible, the history of the Israelites, it says here, not only did they persecute us and they please not God, they're contrary to all men. It says forbidding us to speak to the Gentiles that they might be saved to fill up their sins always for the wrath is come for their wrath. Excuse me. The, the wrath is come upon them to the utmost. Now, interestingly enough, this year, March, uh, there are two members of the Jewish parliament called uh, Knesset, I think, I think it's called Knesset. The Jewish parliament, two members, they put forth a bill this year, and that bill was to illegalize proselytizing in uh, Israel. So these two guys, Jews, they came up, and they're in the, the parliament, they came up with this idea, hey, we want to outlaw the sharing of the gospel in Israel. Now, they're still working on this thing. Uh, so today, there, there are some rules, there's some stipulations about preaching the gospel in Israel. Uh, they, they're not completely for it, but, but uh, you, you can be uh, arrested, you can be detained today. But people do do it, all right? I, I read several articles. I believe that there's people over there doing it, but they, they, there's a lot of rules. You can't just go out in the middle of the street because people will look at you like, hey, what's that guy doing over there? That guy's crazy. They'll look at people, you know, they're trying to preach the gospel. But as far as just talking to people, if you just pull someone to the side, hey, you know, and you talk to them, that's okay because it's not like a, uh, like a big uh, team of people or it's not a big uh, uh, event or anything. But this year... Uh, two Knesset members, they decided that they want to put this bill forth to outlaw uh, sharing the gospel. Sounds a lot like 1 Thessalonians 2.16. Why would any church want to, or any, any Christian church that is, want to put up a, a, Israel, a state of Israel flag in their church? I, I don't understand Given the information, I mean, and I, I mean, I didn't even go through. There's a lot. There's a lot about the the Jews, Israel. I mean, they they, they are people just like us. They need salvation just like we did. They, I mean, they they they're normal people. I I, I have nothing against uh, uh, Jews, I mean, whatever nationality you want to call yourself. I, I I have nothing against you. But when a state or an organization, an institution stands up and says no to Christ. That's Antichrist. And the Palestinian state, they are Muslim, and Muslims, they don't believe that Jesus Christ is God. And they'll tell you. I mean, I, I, one day I, I sat with a, a woman, 35 minutes, she just couldn't get, I mean, giving her the gospel, talking back and forth with her, she just couldn't get it through her head. But, but Jesus, you know, he, he's just a man, you know, because they, they actually think that Jesus is, you know, was a great guy. They, uh, they think that, he, yeah, he's a prophet. They think that he's a great guy, just not the son of God. So you've got the state of Israel, Antichrist, because they don't want Christ in their country. And then you got the state of Palestine, Antichrist, because they don't believe that Jesus Christ is the son of God. So there are two factions, two nations fighting each other over a holy land, and they are both Antichrist. So whether I have a Palestinian flag up here or I have an Israel flag up here, it's the same. It doesn't matter. Every church, look, every church that has uh, an Israeli flag, they ought to have a Palestinian flag too. 
Or neither, yeah, or neither, yeah. But if they have one and their, their mindset is, you know, we're going to go and preach the gospel to these nations, well, I would say, well, great, and all the other nations as well. Go to every single nation. I, I've seen churches where they have a bunch of flags all around. It's like, well, praise God, amen. You got a missionary over there? Yeah, yeah, missionary, oh, yeah, great. And then, of course, in the front, they've got the Israeli flag. Well, they need to stick the Palestinian flag right next to it. <clears throat> go ahead, turn to Mark. Uh, I'm sorry. Go ahead, turn to uh, Romans chapter 10. This is the last place I'll have you turn. As a Christian, we are for life. Life. There are a lot of innocent lives that are being destroyed because of the, the wicked carelessness of these two factions fighting each other. Antichrist. They, 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 I mean, I'm for life. I am for Christ. I'm not for Antichrist. It doesn't matter what the nation is. It's just today, that's, that's the, the issue of the day. State of Israel, State of Palestine. Those are the top two uh, Antichrist nations right now, but there's plenty of them. There's a lot of them. And you know what? There are people who want to be saved in those nations. Romans chapter 10 is the last place I have you turn to. The Bible says in verse number one, Brethren, my heart's desire and prayer to God for Israel is that they might be saved. That they might be saved. That, that, that is my heart's desire. That was Paul's heart's desire. That should be every Christian's heart's desire that they might be saved. The oracles of God, the word of God came through them. Remember, we, we read about it. Uh, Joshua, as soon as they crossed over the Jordan, you know what they did? They wrote down the words of God. We, the reason why we have the King James Bible today is because of what Joshua did. A Jew. It says, for I bear them record that they have a zeal of God, but not according to knowledge. Let's give them that knowledge. Jesus said, all, all authority is given unto me. Go ye therefore in all the world and teach, teach all nations, baptizing in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. We, 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 we have to go and teach them because they have a zeal for God, but not according to knowledge. Well, they just need that knowledge. For by grace are you saved through faith, and that not of yourselves. It is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. For they, being ignorant of God's righteousness and going about to establish their own righteousness, that was 1948, by the way, have not submitted themselves unto the righteousness of God, for Christ is the end of the law for righteousness. To everyone that goes to Israel? No. To everyone that has an Israeli flag? No. To everyone that believeth. See, it's not, it's not a difficult issue. Uh, you know, there are wars. That, I mean, the Bible even warns us there's going to be wars, rumors of wars in the, in the latter days. We, we are in the latter days. We're in the last times, okay, on this earth. And it's still, the salvation is still the same. It's by faith in Jesus Christ. For Christ is the end of the law. No more law. It, everything's fulfilled in Christ. Palestinian, Israeli, it's all fulfilled in Christ. It says, for Christ is the end of the law for righteousness to everyone that believeth. So when it comes to, as far as having a perspective on uh, th th this war that's going on between Palestine and Israel, just know, okay, know for a fact that God is not like, oh, we got to protect Israel, oh, Israel. Look, they that are of Israel are not all Israel. It's those that believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. Those are Israel. The true Israel, those that have faith in God, 
for their salvation and not in the law. See, Jesus Christ is the end of the law for righteousness. That's what the Bible says to everyone that believeth. Let's pray. Father, I do thank you for your word, how it's clear and we can understand about the things that are going on today. We can understand where our hearts ought to be, what our heart's desires ought to be, and how our trust ought to be uh, postured before you. I pray that you would help us, Lord, to, to help brothers and sisters that have improperly um, uh, put idols before their eyes, Lord, when it comes to nations or it comes to genealogies. Help us, God, to, to be a, a, a force of truth in this world to trust your word and to be um, uh, on your word, like on your program, completely convinced and uh, ready to just serve you, to get souls saved. I mean, you are for life, God. And I pray that you would encourage us, teach us what that means so that we can have a heart just like you to be for life and to not, to not uh, idolize certain um, uh, characteristics of, of humans and, and regions and locations and countries and all of these things, God. Uh, I pray that you would uh, speak to our hearts this evening, Lord, and be with those who could not make it to church this evening and uh, guide us all home safely uh, as we leave here. It's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen.